Week 18 of the Food and Book Show with Antoine Lewis, and here he is back for the attack. What's up, buddy? I hope all's well. All good, Rishi. Just back from Bangalore. Yeah, I see from your Instagram feed you were in Bengaluru last week, and as usual, eating your way through the Garden City. What all the exciting new places you visited? Pray tell all. You know, so this was my first trip since the lockdown, which is about 18 months ago, but seems so much longer. It was a chance to catch up with some old friends like Chef Vikas Seth, who ha- uh, heads a large hospitality business in the city. They've got multiple brands and multiple outlets. But I decided to check out their Hops House Tap Room in Indira Nagar, which is the newest. Uh, of course, they were very keen. I visit the older and much larger Hops House microbrewery in Whitefield. But hey, Whitefield, no chance. The Indira Nagar Tap Room has replaced Riracha, which was above the other restaurant, uh, Sanchez. However, keeping in mind after the pandemic, people prefer airy, well-ventilated spaces. They've opened up some external walls, so the large restaurant has a breezy, covered terrace-like feel. Uh, since it's primarily a drinking space, there's mixed seating, high tables along the bar, low tables with black upholstered sofas around the center, and regular tables along the interior walls. There's also a lot of foliage, which makes the space light and cool. Nice. So, what kind of beers are they serving? And I'd imagine they'd have a more casual food menu rather than being cuisine specific. Well, it's mostly branded beers. The only fresh beer they're serving is from Geist. Since, as I just learned, microbreweries in Bangalore are not allowed to transport beers out of their location. Only Geist has the requisite licenses. But the focus is on alcohol, so they're serving fun, comfort, no frills food. It's all big flavors. Don't think about it too much. Fair, but not the run-of-the-mill kebabs and fried food either. We did start with a very Mumbai-style, mildly spawn, uh, spiced. Prawns Koliwara with a very fresh green chutney. Uh, Hops House has a large pizza oven and Vikas uses it to make spiced pita pillows that have the texture of really puffy ripe uh, rumalis. Uh, they can be eaten with hummus, but he served us a Tijuana chicken tikka that had been flavored with tequila as an accompaniment. Uh, one of his Instagram influenced innovations was the pull-apart masala garlic bread. He had six round soft the buns baked together with a cheesy center and a spicy topping that reminded me of a very cheesy masala pav <laughs> cheesy masala pav is good that sounds like a lot of fun anything else that was memorable uh, oh they did a very refreshing vodka based asian gimlet uh, flavored with coffee lime uh, there was a classic mutton keema pav a meaty slow cooked kadaknath chicken uh, curry But the real surprise was the Bombay Faluda kulfi. The kulfi was so thick and creamy that when it softened, it had the texture of a heavy mousse. I could not believe it was a plain kulfi. Fully unforgettable. Sounds like yeah, malicious. So, Kappa Chakka Kandari. That's an interesting name for a Malayali restaurant. Uh, what does it mean? So, Kappa Chakka and Kandari are three ingredients in Kerala so popular that they are almost ubiquitous. Kappa is tapioca, chakka is jackfruit, and kandari, or sometimes kanthari, is bird's eye chili, which is dynamite. Uh, they served me a non-alcoholic drink called Absolute Kanthari. I took one sip and politely said, "No, thank you. Can I have something safer, please?" Uh, at the end of the meal, <clears throat> the kandari ice cream chef Reggie Matthew offered me was milder since milk flats neutralize the capsaicin, but I was done with a few spoons. Uh, Kappa Chakka Kandari or KCK is not entirely new. It opened at the end of 2019, but because of the lockdown, we've got to expand the scope of uh, newness. 
the brand, however, launched in Chennai around 2018, with Koramangla being the second outlet. Reggie is one of the partners. I've heard many good things about him. Well, actually, only good things. So I was very keen to meet him and try the food. Nice. And what did you find that special about Kapachaka Kandari's menu? Are there lesser-known dishes? Is it more regional, or have they gone the other direction, which is modern Indian? Uh, no, it's very traditional Malayali food, uh, more community and concept uh, concept specific than region. And yes, quite a few new dishes. Uh, so KCK is focusing on two types of cuisine: Syrian, uh, Christian, and Todi shop. Uh, toddy shops were are working class drinking places which serve fresh toddy and freshly cooked budget but very tasty food. Some of them have fabulous locations. Uh, one that I visited was on the banks of a backwater, but they're all very very basic. Uh, KCK only offers set menus with the price varying according to the number of dishes. The ten course Raja Yogi and Jalarani meat-based menus, priced at one thousand four hundred seventy-five, excluding taxes, are the most expensive. However, most of the others are around six hundred to nine hundred rupees and include a non-alcoholic drink and a dessert that can be ordered separately. They also have one-pot dishes for those who want to order small portions. So, give me the lowdown on uh, Antoine's choice. Which of the menus did you try? What do you think of it? So, Reggie served me the Raja Yogi set menu along with tasting portions of Idi Irachi, which was shredded sun-dried bovine meat, which I can't mention. Uh, Irachi fry, fried meat from the same animal, and Kappa Kurumpuliyatti Min Curry, which was a tapioca and fish curry. From the Raja Yogi menu, the batter fried spice soft shell crab. The mutton coconut fry, the prawn cooked with coconut and kodampuli in banana leaf pouches were incredible. Rice dumplings in a coconut milk gravy served with Ramapuram style chicken curry is a very home style Syrian Christian dish. The prawn puttu biryani is an original creation by Chef Matthew. Puttu is never served as a biryani. Another unique dish was the light jelly-like cloud pudding made with coconut milk. It's a perfect ending to a spice-heavy meal. Now, Antoine, we've looked at new standalone restaurants in Bangalore. Did you find anything interesting in the five-star segment? The one new five-star restaurant people are talking about is Wabi Sabi at the Oberoi, which opened just before the lockdown. The name Wabi Sabi is drawn from a very complicated Japanese aesthetic philosophy that has gained a lot of cachet in the design space, and it's very, very, very basic. Wabi Sabi means the beauty of imperfect things but it can be expanded to mean the beauty in old and worn out things or even the damaged and chipped now the philosophy is most clearly manifest in the thoughtfully designed interiors uh, textured gray slate panels celebrated for being imperfectly perfect line the back wall uh, tables are laid with kinstugi uh, inspired crockery and a shiny 24 karat gold leaf wall provides a very stunning backdrop to the live sushi and sashimi counter there's a zen like stillness to the restaurant which looks out into a cool quiet garden wow from your description that sounds like a japanese speciality restaurant is that really the focus of the restaurant though uh, actually it offers both japanese and chinese uh, executive chef robin batra who was previously at trident bkc curated a special menu for me starting with some fresh salmon and yellowtail sashimi along with rashomon which was a nigiri of torched black cod with a coating of sweet salty den miso uh, they've got some really creative names for their signature sushis the vegetable tempura and avocado roll is called crunchy crunchy bang bang 
California Dreaming has crab meat, avocado, cucumber, and a spicy curry filling. While Dragon Heart has breaded prawn, salmon tuna, sweet chili mayo, and flying fish roe. Now, I love the pan-fried chicken gyoza, the plump, uh, the plump lobster hargao, and the fluffy, jiggly char siu bao with its sweet, salty, minced roasted pork filling. But it was the edamame green silk dumpling that had me quite enamored. Uh, while edamame truffle dumplings are a cliche now, at Wabi Sabi, the truffle flavored filling contained chopped and whole edamame and not a puree. Listen, honest question: Do you feel they did justice to both cuisines, Chinese and Japanese, or do you think one was handled with more aplomb and flair than the other? You know, that's a difficult question to answer. I certainly prefer the dim sum over the sushi rolls, but the sashimi was of superior quality. All the elements in the miso black cod—the delicate flaky fish, the crunchy quinoa, the sharp sweet citrus bit beetle jelly, and the aromatic lemon foam—they came together beautifully. So did the dark soy-influenced, crunchy, sweet, spicy kung pao chicken. Definitely one of the better versions of this classic dish, and really the best was kept for last. The nokcha and pistachio petite gato with a Korean green tea ganache and pistachio buttercream was to die for. Um, I can understand why Bangalore is raving about wabi sabi. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> nice! Can't wait to dig in. Antoine, thanks for your time. I look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye, bye. Bye, Rishi. Take care.